Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents the Voice Over Work podcast. Today is Saturday, May 29, 2021. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at How to Teach Kids Anything Create Hungry Learners Who Can Remember, Synthesize, and Apply Knowledge Written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton Introduction In the distant past, Intelligent and academically-minded people were assumed to be natural teachers. Schoolmasters, governesses, professors, and the like were never specifically trained to be educators. It was enough that they understood their topic. So, before people understood that the act of teaching was itself something to learn and master, teachers were left to their own devices, helping their students arrive at knowledge and skill by whatever method they could conjure up. Thankfully, If you're looking for more guidance than this, and a more scientifically proven approach to facilitating another's learning, you have more resources than the early teachers of centuries past. In this book, we'll be carefully considering what teaching actually is, what learning is, and all the different techniques and approaches at our disposal to guide a student from where they are to where they want to be. Education as a field has evolved and developed like any other, So expect that some of your cherished ideas about learning and how to support it will be challenged. Nevertheless, if you can follow some of the principles outlined in the chapters that follow, you will undoubtedly cultivate your own teaching prowess. And teaching is a formidable skill indeed. Understanding the five types of pedagogy. The first thing to understand, there's not just one good way of teaching. Pedagogy can be understood as the art and science of how people learn and, consequently, how we can help them by teaching. Naturally, what you consider to be learning and teaching depends on many things. How you understand the brain and the mind, how you conceive of knowledge, and the models you use to understand the way that those brains and minds interact with that knowledge. What this means is that there are multiple models and styles. Chapter 1. Teacher Mindset Think back to your school days and try to remember who your worst teacher was and your best. What was the difference between them? Sadly, many people have distinct memories of awful early education experiences. They remember teachers who seemingly made their school lives hell on earth. Maybe you had a teacher who obviously hated their job and treated students with contempt or disinterest. Maybe your teacher was simply incompetent and only succeeded in confusing the class instead of illuminating the material. Classically bad teachers are known for being antagonistic to students, clinging to outdated or, frankly, disastrous teaching techniques, which then take the efforts of a better teacher to undo and correct. For many students, a bad teacher is enough to completely kill any love for a subject, no matter how good the materials are, and no matter how innately talented the student is in that area. So, while most teachers may begin with wondering how they can improve their students, we'll start this chapter from a different perspective and consider how teachers can make improvements where it really matters in themselves. 
John Hattie is a researcher deeply interested in what actually works when it comes to education. We'll look more closely at his groundbreaking research and book, Visible Teaching, in a later chapter. But for now, we'll take his approach of only considering teaching methods that are evidence-based. We've looked at the five broad pedagogical approaches, but Hattie wanted to quantify the effectiveness of the countless different techniques that each of these models inspired so that only the most effective could be used. But over and above the techniques used, Hattie also claimed... Chapter 2. General Principles for Teaching and Educating In the previous two chapters, we examined the broad pedagogical approaches teachers can take as well as the basic characteristics that great teachers usually possess. In a way, we've now equipped ourselves with the primary colors of teaching. In this chapter, we'll now be looking at how to mix these colors to create more complex shades and how to paint a more elaborate picture using what we know so far. The Goldilocks Principle You know the story. Goldilocks tried Papa Bear's porridge and found it too hot. Then she tried Mama Bear's porridge and found it too cold, but when she tried Baby Bear's porridge, she found it just right. The Goldilocks zone of learning is that sweet spot where a student learns best. Not too difficult, not too easy, but just right. The trouble with mainstream schooling is that it's unlikely that all 30-odd students in a classroom have exactly the same definition of just right. Some kids will find a certain exercise boring, while others will be overwhelmed and get frustrated. A few may get in the zone and learn something. A student may experience learning as distressing and confusing, constantly feeling unable to step up to the task and constantly feeling stupid as a result, i.e., it's too difficult. Other students might see learning as a dreary, boring slog that's about as exciting as pulling teeth. They feel squashed down, uninterested, and distractible, i.e., it's too easy. A teacher, ideally, wants their students to fall right between those two extremes, where challenge is pitched at just the right level. Take a look at how your student responds to the experience of not understanding something. Perhaps... Chapter 3. Visible Learning Earlier in this book, we saw how important it was to abandon our assumptions about teaching and focus only on those techniques and methods that have hard evidence to support their effectiveness. So in this chapter, having considered different pedagogical approaches, basic teaching principles, and the teacher mindset best associated with learning, let's return to John Hattie and his research into what really helps students learn. In this way, he attempted to make learning visible, i.e., transparent and evidence-based with no mystery. Synthesizing 1,200 meta-analyses on the factors that affect teaching outcomes, Hattie looked at six areas, including the student, the school, the curriculum, the teacher, and the learning approach taken. As a teacher, you have control over only some of these aspects, and you're most interested in the latter, the teaching methods. Overall, there are 138 influences on learning each with different effect sizes. Some influences actually have a negative effect on learning. Before we see what works, let's take a brief look at what definitely doesn't. 
The biggest impediment to student learning by far is the presence of ADHD and deafness, for understandable reasons. Things like boredom and depression also significantly undermine learning, as does lack of sleep. Though you likely don't have any control over them, it's worth being aware of some home and life factors that might be handicapping your student, such as frequently moving schools, being held back a grade, being expelled or excluded, having parents that are on military deployment, or being on welfare. Chapter 4. Student Mindset Teachers can often have difficulty not with the material itself or finding the smartest, most efficient way to present it. Rather, their trouble comes in when they try to inspire and motivate students who simply don't care. It's as though, in teaching, there are always two lessons running in parallel, one concerning the actual material at hand, and another running in the background, where the student is learning discipline, stamina, and self-regulation as they move through the process of learning. Academic Buoyancy The concept of academic buoyancy is the second key to overcoming our own internal obstacles to learning. Learning is bound to be difficult, even for those with supposed innate intelligence. Nothing comes easy, at least not at the levels of mastery we're aiming for. And yet, so many people take themselves out of the running by giving up at the first sign of hardship. People who don't give up when they're faced with learning challenges are said to have academic buoyancy. Like intelligence, this isn't an inborn characteristic that some are born with, but rather a set of skills that can be learned and habits that can be cultivated to result in the ability to push past challenges and keep learning. Confidence is just one element of academic buoyancy, but confidence alone is what allows us to overcome our fears and anxieties. In the first chapter, we discussed how confidence can unlock your lack of motivation. Imagine how much more empowered you would feel with the hardships of learning if you could embody every element. Researchers from the University of Sydney and the University of Oxford have identified five C's that, if developed, will result in academic buoyancy. These five C's are composed. This has been How to Teach Kids Anything. Create Hungry Learners Who Can Remember, Synthesize, and Apply Knowledge. Written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Peter Hollins. Production copyright by Peter Hollins. Amazon.com has more information regarding the author and this book. Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.